Alrighty, so after the Shmaya, we're going to jump into our weekly inner dimension parshashir. Thank you so much to all of you for being with me tonight, today, wherever you are, all around the world, to learn with our chevra a little bit from the tzaddik, from the Ma'ari Naim's Chusyaganalenu. Before I begin, I want to extend a tremendous mazel tov to the third cohort of the Lost Princess Principles course in the book, The Story of Our Lives, Baruch Hashem, we finished last night. We wrapped up a seven-week uh, session, a seven-week course, studying these ideas in this book in, in great depth. And Mamash, it was just the most remarkable experience. A mazel tov to, uh, to all of those who took that journey with me, with us. Some of you are on the call now. And um, Be'ez Hashem, I wanted to let everybody else know that we're going to be making the recordings available in some form Bezer Hashem, um, for those that are not able necessarily to sign up for seven weeks, you know, and to really follow along, um, you know, along with a, with a seven-week journey, so we're going to have an option, you know, just to listen to the recordings along with the workbook and the tefillah pamphlet and the book to make like a package, Bezer Hashem, in some form over the next couple of weeks. So heads up and stay tuned for that. Okay, so without further ado, let's jump in. We have a lot to accomplish tonight. Mamash, a huge piece, both in quality and quantity. It's a very long piece from the Ma'ari Naim. We're going to try to do our best with it. But some of the most foundational ideas, Mamish, in Hasidus Bechlal are wrapped up into this teaching in the most lucid, eloquent, clear, incredible way with some amazing drushes along the way. So I'm very, very much excited to jumping into all of this with you, Visiyat Adeshmaya, with the help of the Master of the World. And so the Helega Ma'arinayim, of course, today we started on, uh, on LPI, we started learning the Ishbitzer on the Me'ashiloach, both volumes one and volume two. We're going to do Barashas, Barashas, you know, Noyach, Noyach, and so on. And to go through the Sefer Me'ashiloach together, but we're journeying very much away from the Chernobler after spending many months delving into the, into the Tzaddik's teachings. And so I felt it would only be appropriate after we have started our Me'ashiloach uh, program to learn some, uh, something from the, from the Ma'arinayim, from the Tzaddik, the Chernobler, tonight in the Parashashir. And so the Ma'arinayim goes on the Pasuk in the beginning of Parashas Matos, obviously Matos Masai, we're leading into Devarim, the home stretch. And Ma- Parashas Matos begins with the Indian of Nidarim. And the Pasuk says, Vayedavr Moishel Roshe Amatos, Moish Rabbeinu speaks to the Roshe Amatos, just letting people in, I apologize. And he says to them, the Goyimer Ishki Yidar Neder. When a person will go ahead and make a neder, make a vow, he should not go ahead and in a way desecrate his words by not fulfilling the vow that a person makes a vow, he says he's going to do something, or actually in this case, refrain from doing something, as we'll see from the tzaddik. Whatever came out of his mouth, whatever he said he was going to do or refrain from doing, he should do. And we're going to delve very deeply now into the Indian of what it is, a neder, and why there would be a lush and layachel devare, of a certain element of desecration that's associated with the concept of nedarim, and the maranaim, rather, is going to delve into this idea in the, in the most beautiful, wonderful, deep, fundamental, foundational way. So the tzaddik says, let's begin our journey. He says, let's begin our journey with the Maimar Chazal regarding the Nazir. The Pasik says, That the Koyin is ultimately supposed to go ahead and bring a carbon for the Nazir to help atone for a chet, that there was some sort of chet, there was some sort of sin 
that the that the um, that the nazirs is doing. Says the says the Heilige Chazal, the Chibeiz and Nevesh Chata. What's the big sin here? Adrab and Naziris is a holy thing. There's an element of precious to Naziris. Shimshan is the Nazir. Shimshan is the Gibar. There's a there's a Ezu Gibar Hakovish is Yitzra. There's an element of something holy about that. What's the Meashachata la Nevesh? What's the sin? The Chibeiz and Nevesh Chata. What sin is the Nazir charged with that the Koyin needs to be Mechaper? Se Chazal, Tzgemar and Tainus and other places. Elazeshet Sier Atzmei Menayayim. He says, you know what the chait was? Is that in withholding from wine, which is one of the essential uh, qualities and conditions to Naziras, there's an element of chait there. There's an element of sin there. And obviously, it's a pelum. So what's the chait of withholding from wine? Adarabba, we have certain terminology about wine. Zocha nasa roish, beloi zocha nasa rush. If a person is not zocha, to drink properly in the right setting with the right people and so on and so forth. It could bring a person to a lowly place, to an impoverished state, either mentally or spiritually, even financially, emotionally. What's the nakud over here that there's an inin of chait? What's the chait over here? says the in order to understand this in the deepest, most expansive way. That the whole entire world, both the world, but every single particle of the physical world, we know that the world was created with speech. We've discussed this in the past in a very, very deep way. What does this mean that the world was created with speech? What does it mean? We know that there are ten utterances with which HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, which is a Nobody creates with speech. Human beings don't create with speech. What's this that a Kaddish Baruch who creates the world with speech? We don't have time to go into the whole Indian now, but we've discussed in the past, and just to touch on a little bit for a minute, what this means that Hashem creates the world with speech is this incredible idea of tzimtzum, of constriction. When a person thinks about what speech is, obviously a Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't have a mouth, he doesn't have a tongue, he doesn't have a palate, he doesn't have teeth. He's does, not speaking the way that humans are speaking. But if we think about speech, not in the sense of what happens physically, but conceptually, what is speech? What are we doing when we speak? Essentially what we're doing is we're taking thoughts that are so incredibly expansive and big visions, gigantic different ideas, and we're trying to lay them out to another person to communicate them to somebody else in a way that they can be understood. There's an element of constriction there. We have to take a very big thought, a very big plan, a big idea, or in, in Ruchnius, a hasaga elokus, and we have to go ahead and spend a long period of time sometimes to be able to speak out each detail, each element of that, to be able to speak that out. What is speech in and of itself when you think about what speech is? Speech is to take the call, is to take the voice, which is essentially infinite in the sense that every person's measure of voice, when a person says, ah, like we said many times, that could be any word in any language. It's infinite. Call voice is infinite. Dibur is tsimsum. Dibur is to constrict. When a person speaks one word, we're utilizing the infinite voice, that's associated with the name Yudke Vavke, without getting into the depth of it. That's associated with voice. That's the infinite name of God. Past, present, future, eternal, infinite, Ainsov. And we're bringing it out into such a mahalach to be able to constrict that voice into one word, into one sentence, into one language, into one concept, into one Indian. 
Now, of course, there's a tremendous expansivity, dafka through the constriction, which is the big sod of Hasidas, in that without speech, nobody would know what we're thinking. Nobody would be able to understand the depth of our thoughts and the depth of our vision. The only way to get things done is to speak. And that's exactly what it means that a Baruch Hu spoke the world into existence. It implies both of these nikudas. On the one hand, the world is an incredible constriction of godliness. The world begins, Yisrael alabim achshavat chila. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has this dream of us. He has a vision of us, you and me, not just the G'dayli Adar, you and me as we are. Maybe we're the G'dayli Adar, I don't know. But mamish as we are. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a tremendous dream and had a dream of us. And ultimately, in order to bring that dream into fruition, there's an element of tzimtzum, there's an element of constriction. But without constriction, we would never know how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us. We would never know what he had in mind. Is it limited? Of course it's limited. So is speech. But speech, and this is the deep sod, I speak about it in Sunlight of Redemption, Rabbi Nachman's Torah Aleph in Lekut the concealment is the revelation. We saw this a number of times from the Ma'arinayim in our LPI um, series on the, on the Trenabler, Mamish from the Tzaddik, that the concealment is the revelation. But this is what it means that Hashem created the world with speech. Kadesh Baruch Hu constricted His infinite godliness, so to speak, to bring about a Hemshech and a chain of events that would lead and culminate in the physical world. And on the one hand, it's the biggest concealment. Shem Elohim is Gematria Hateva. On the other hand, it's the greatest expression. But be that as it may, HaGadosh Baruch who created the world with speech, Ki Al-Yideh Dibur says the Elegit Tzaddik through Dibur Nishavu, Kol Hametzias, Dabar Katan V'Gadol. Every single thing was created through HaKadosh Baruch Hu's speech. Big things, small things, Domeim, inanimate, Someach, plant life, Chai, animal life, Medaber, human beings. The whole range of creation was created using HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Dibur, using his speech. And this is exactly what brings everything to life. His HaKadosh Baruch Hu's consistent speech. It's not that HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke thousands of years ago in the beginning of the world, He are and there is light. But any experience that we have of light is essentially our experience of being doused and, and delving into that Dibur of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, He are. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Yehi Rakiya, let there be a heavens, every time you and I look up to the heavens, you know what we should see? We should see the concretized version. We should see the Gashmias element of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's words, Yehi Rakia. And this the Baal says, and the Tanya says, and, and I, I'm sorry, the Baal Tanya, the Nebuchadnezzar hints to this, but the Baal Tanya primarily says in Shaiicha Bemuna, this is what the Pasuk means, La'olam Hashem Dvarcha Nitzav Bashamayim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, your words are always, always established in the heavens. What does it mean, your words? Which words? Yehi Rakia. That's what brings the heaven to life. And that's what we speak about in the Chorus very much. We speak about the Nakuda of people making the mistake of thinking that God is silent. When a person understands this, there's nothing louder than God. There's nothing more deafening than godliness. Every element of the human experience, everything that we experience, every food that we eat we're going to see, every drink that a person drinks, every plant that we see, any animal that we walk past, another human being, is Mamash HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Dibor. It's his Dibor as it approached toward us and then froze in the world around us. And the question is, are we opening our ears to it? But it's, an, it's a subjective choice as opposed to an objective reality. Objectively, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is speaking all the time, but it's frozen words. They don't reach our ears. 
only if we choose to allow them to reach our ears. That's the sod. said about Tanya in the first parak of Shaykh of Emuna. hints to the words and the letters of the Aleph base, because the Aleph of the word Atta is the first letter in the Aleph base. The Taf is the last, I'm sorry, the first letter. Taf is the last letter. And the He is associated with that, what's called the He Motsaos Hapeh, the five different areas in the mouth from which different sounds are produced that culminate all together in the Hebrew language. So what we're saying is not only you are keeping the whole world existing, but we're saying the Atta, your speech, Mechayes Kulam, is bringing life to everything. There are Hebrew letters in everything. If a person knows how to look deeply, a person realizes that the name of another person is that person's spiritual essence. That whole person is encapsulated in the name, which is why the Ariya Kaddish and the Tzadikim say that when parents have the incredible privilege, and I bless us all with that experience, that incredible privilege of naming and, and responsibility of naming children, it's a shtik ruach HaKodesh. There's a little bit of prophecy there. Because that means to say that you're not just giving them a label or a name, it means that you have the privilege of giving them their life's essence, their mission. And that's what the name is. And Hebrew terminology, in the sense of how we define things, what is this rock in Hebrew? It's Evan, but it's not arbitrary. It couldn't have been called Sefer, and it couldn't have been called Chalon. Uh, it had to be called Evan because these three little letters, Aleph, Beis, Nun, are the life force, are the soul of this thing called a rock. Ultimately, on our side of the matrix, right, so to speak, in the physical world, it becomes a rock. But in the code, it's Aleph Beis Nun. And it's the same thing for all of physicality. The depth of it is Mamish HaKadosh Baruch Hu's speech. And, and, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is very present in the world. And it's our choice whether or not to hear that or to shut that out. But I'll call Panavi Atam Chayes Kula. Says the If for one second God would stop speaking, He hasn't stopped speaking since creation. Could you imagine? If for one second HaKadosh Baruch Hu would stop actively bringing all of existence into existence, you know what would happen? Everything would stop. All of those words that, act, that become actualized in the physical creation around us would go back into their source, deep into the kull of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, again, not physically, conceptually. What that kull is, the infinite hidden aspect of Kutshabrichu, we're going to speak about toward the end, Be'ezer Hashem, that transcendent element of God, everything would just fold back up into Elokus and there would be nothing at all. We would be subsumed back into the godliness. There would be nothing. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that means to say that if we're experiencing life, that means that Hashem is actively speaking our lives into existence. He's in the middle of writing the story that you and I are living under the, under the element of time. But by Him, He's the Sofer HaGadol. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's writing it all down. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's speaking it in the most eloquent, wonderful fashion. And again, the choice is ours whether to listen or whether to shut it out. But ultimately we know that the way in which the world was created, without going to the depth of it now, we don't have time, we could spend a thousand hours on every single point that, you know, that we're talking about here, but just trying to do the peace. And again, I so appreciate each and every one of you for joining and for spending your time learning with me. It's, uh, you know, like I always say, we're zochit to a special siyat and understanding specifically because of these neshamas dafka that are joining with us. So you're all mamash a part of it. Rabbi Nachman speaks about this in Torah Chaf. You're all mamash a part of it. Ashrenu to learn these teachings together. So, 
What this means that the world was created in a way of shvira. What does this mean, shvira? We know that Akadosh Baruch Hu originally built vessels. Whatever this means, Akadosh Baruch Hu built that there should be vessels to contain the spiritual life force that He was pouring into them. Ultimately, for one reason or another, we can't get into the details of this now. Although there are details, it's not a fluffy, arbitrary thing. There's a, a, a tremendous amount of detail with regard to this process, but ultimately. There was, a, there was too much shefa, there was too much godliness that was brought down into these vessels and they shattered. And from that shattering of the vessels, sparks fell down into every element of the lowest level, which is our physical world. It doesn't get more physical than this. And it's our job to, so to speak, correct those fallen sparks by actively seeking them out. It's almost like a big game of, of lost and found, right? Like the Redditor said, Shalom, you and I are playing a big you know, game of hide and go seek, rather. Hide and go seek, and he said, I find you everywhere, right? The Redditor always won that game. I find you everywhere. That's the, that's the task of a Jew, is that God hid himself. Why did he hide himself? He's hidden in plain sight, if you know how to look. But he hid himself, and from our subjective experience with the Yitzhahara and the delusions of this worldliness, nobody knows what reality is. It's a big dimayon. It's a big delusion. So we are charged with ubacharta b'chaims, to find life, to find HaKadosh Baruch Hu in everything, to be able to find those diburim, to be able to find those holy letters that are deep within every element of physicality, and by being aware of them, we can draw them out in the sense of utilizing those things in a holy way as opposed to an egoistic, removed-from-godliness way. That's really all there is to it. To be able to create for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, like we say so often, adira bitachtonim a dwelling place in the lower realm. What does that mean? HaGadosh Baruch Hu is already here. But the question is, are we finding Him? Are we going ahead and making this an inhabitable place by taking this cup of wine Friday night, as we're going to learn about, by taking this cup of wine and making Kiddush on it? And in so doing, we're recognizing this is an essentially holy thing that can be elevated, that can be channeled, that can be utilized for holiness. This is what we're charged with doing. These are holy sparks, these letters that have fallen down. Also connected to the chet of Adam Every sin that a person does essentially is trapping these sparks. That's what it means. HaGadosh Baruch Hu is in exile, so to speak, in this lowly place. And it's up to us to fix. It's up to us to elevate. The and also souls, whatever souls are. But conscious elements of some level of life force also have fallen down and it's up to us to be metakein all of this. To utilize physicality in the, in, in the holiest, most elevated way. He says, and these sparks and these souls have fallen into food, into drink, all the different things, all the different aspects and facets of the human experience. You do not have one thing in the world. There's not one thing in the world from the most Kaddish, obviously, but even to the other side where there's not some godliness in there. There has to be. And it's up to us to draw it out. Now here's the key. Some things, the way to draw it out is by actively seeking it and engaging in that thing. And by channeling it and utilizing it for holiness. There are other things where the only way dafka to release the spark is by turning away from it. 
There's a spark there. There's holiness there. There's Torah there. There's words of the Torah there. There's godliness there. You know how to find it? Some things are sur And by doing that, that's also showing that that thing is only here for my Avodah Sashem. Now, it's not here for me to engage in and try to elevate because it's beyond my capacity or it's too Tumadik and the Baltani speaks about this in the beginning of Tanya. But many, many things in life are the opposite. Is to try to engage in every element of the human experience with this holy way of thinking, with this holy way of looking, to find HaKadosh Baruch Hu's speech in that thing, to find his Diburim, to engage in it in a holy way and thereby to elevate it. He says, listen to these, these, these words. There is not one thing in the world There's not one thing that's lacking this holiness or potential for holiness. Amazing thing. He says, you know what the spark of godliness is in physicality? That oftentimes we enjoy, whether it's food that we eat, whether it's drink that we drink, other sensations, physically speaking, being in this world, pleasurable things. That spark is hidden in the tam, is hidden in the sweetness of that thing. The physical pleasure that we receive is ultimately the godliness in there that's mamish matok. Because the Pasuk says, in Tehillim, tamu uru ki Hashem. What does it literally mean? Tamu means taste and see kitoy Hashem that God is good and it has to start with tam it has to start with the tiima but mamasha tiima not just mamasha taste it you have to taste a little bit of the sweetness of Yiddishkeit most of our kids they never taste the sweetness but tamu tamu and then uru kitoy Hashem that's what it means literally says the Ma'arinai much deeper and I'll say it to you outside and then we'll see it inside he says tamu uru kitoy if you taste something and you say ooh wow this tastes good Hashem that tov that you're tasting, that sweetness, is God. That's an amazing perspective. Tamu ru tov. A person eats something and it's good. It tastes good. It tastes sweet. Hashem. That's the godliness in that thing that brings us to Onik. Whatever you taste and you think is good, to, to, that tastes good. Obviously something that's mutter and so on and so forth. Otherwise, it's, it's the opposite of that. Hu Hashem. It's this spiritual spark, it's these letters, it's these words, it's the Dibur of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that's bringing this thing into existence. That is enclosed within this thing. And he says, I'll prove it to you. He says, if you look with your eyes, our experience is that a person eats. The livelihood that you got from this thing, from eating this thing or drinking this thing, that stays inside you. What comes out on the other side is soilus, nidchalukhutz, right? It's, it's all the, the lowly aspects of it. That, that is waste matter and that goes out. is. But that, that element no longer contains the sweetness that we tasted. It's, it's, it's very unpleasant in every possible way, right? Now that's an amazing thing. Because if taste was something arbitrary, so why wouldn't the taste transfer there? Right? He's saying a very, very deep thing. He's saying from this, that waste matter, again, not to be coarse, it's not, but this, that waste matter looks, smells, ostensibly tastes, right? The way that it smells and so on and so forth is very unpleasant and, and disgusting. Graf is disgusting. is specifically because the taste is the chius that we need and that stays inside. 
And whatever is waste goes out, and the taste is not a part of that, because taste is not arbitrary, because taste is the essence of the godliness of the life force that we are um, consuming, right? And we are, we are ingesting when, when we consume a piece of food. It's a very, very deep thought. What taste is, it's a very, very deep thing. So he says over here, Mamash, an amazing thing. What gives us strength when we eat food? When a Jew sits down to a meal and a person is ravenously hungry and we sit down and we eat the meal, what is giving us livelihood? Why do we feel stronger afterwards? He says, you know what it is? It's not the food. It's the holiness in that food. It's the spirituality in that food. It's the godliness in that food. I apologize, I'm just going to... Stop the share for a second so I could cancel that. I apologize. It's the godliness in that food, it's the holiness, and that's what's giving us, that's what's giving us this element. That's what's giving us the chiyas, the life force. Shehu atam hatov, this is the good hu. Now, hagaba take a second and think. Everybody likes to eat good things. We love to eat things that taste sweet, that are healthy, that are good for us, ultimately. Could you imagine what kind of different experience this is? When something tastes good and instead of just like really being in that good taste, we would stop and say, God is on my tongue. What I'm tasting is an experience of elokus, of godliness. And what my body is experiencing now in terms of the sweetness physically, this is what my neshama feels when I'm davening, when I'm learning. It's sweet. It's something that I couldn't get enough of if I understood what kind of, what kind of sweetness. And we can get to a level where we actually start to experience this physically as well when we're engaged in more overtly spiritual things. But at least when we're eating, to be able to make it a spiritual experience. That Avodah Hashem is not limited to the shul and to the base medrash and to overtly holy or spiritual activities. A Jew that serves HaKadosh Baruch Hu properly, specifically Al-Derech HaChasidus, this was the whole message, is to realize that every single arena of life is a potential-based medrash, is a potential-based knesses. To be able to understand what it means, What does this mean? What does it mean to find God in everything? So that everything becomes an experience of intimacy with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is a wonderful medita- meditative way, right, of eating ultimately, to be able to be conscious of this. When a person eats and drinks, when a person eats in this conscious, holy way, by tzaddikim eating was a tremendously, uh, tr- a tremendously awesome avoda. And all the Hasidim would come and they would watch the Rebbe eat and they would take shrine from him. Why? What, what's this whole business? They need leftovers. They have food at home. What, what are they coming over here to get shrine from the Rebbe? What's the Indian? But when you understand what kind of avoda the tzaddik makes out of his bread, then it's mamish, the Torah comes out of the Aran Kodesh on Monday and Thursday and on Shabbos, and, we, and, and the whole shul comes toward it and we're kissing it. It's mamish the nakuda. The tzaddik is megala the Torah in the, in the bread. When the shrine gets passed around, it's the same rush. Mamash like to a safer Torah because we realize that there's Torah in everything. And that Sadiq brings that out by engaging in physicality, overtly, consciously being aware of this. And he draws out those letters. And so that Sadiq's chala is not like my chala. Uh, that Sadiq's chala is kalkulates, it's safer devarim in a, in, a, in a piece of bread. The letters and the holiness of that thing are elevated. 
And the tzaddik demonstrates how we can use this worldliness to get closest to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not to remove ourselves from the world, to engage in life in a normal human way, to enjoy life, but to enjoy life with Hashem. It's that simple. When a person eats in this way, we eat something, a person eats a meal, and the holy sparks inside that again are giving this thing life. That's why there is a piece of bread in front of me. That's why I have an omelet on the plate. That's why, etc. Because there's holiness in there, because there's sparks of God's speech in some form in that thing, giving it the premise and the ability to exist, those sparks go into our soul and they give us strength. When a person really lives in such a way and a person believes that eating is not what they told us eating is, and that there's a whole different experience of food, and there's a whole different experience of making brachas we're going to talk about. There's a whole different... It's an avayda kadash to eat lunch on a Wednesday afternoon. It's mamish an avayda. You say l'shem yichud before I, and go to the mikvah three times before a lunch on a Wednesday. Because it's mamish an avayda kedoshim ha'ayd. When a person believes this, and a person focuses his or her consciousness in their mind, in their heart, and a person binds himself with all of his strength, spiritually, his mind, his heart. And when a, when a person goes ahead and concentrates, what's the shorish of this chiyas? What's the shorish? What's the source of this tam tov, of this good taste that I'm having? Tam tov is Hashem. The source of it is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is present in this act. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is real. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves me. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to connect with me. Wants to give me ways of connecting with Him in every single area of my life. Not just those areas of life that are reserved specifically for spirituality. Everything. When a person does that, those sparks that we said fell down in the beginning of creation are elevated up back to their source. We have found their root and everybody knows them. Yashiloh speaks about this in a number of places. The nature of everything is to be drawn toward its shoresh. Children run to their parents. Fish, I think there's a fish, like a tuna or something, swims upstream, right, to get back to the place of their birth, to be able to lay eggs there. Everything goes back to its source. Mimela, when we consciously eat in such a wonderful way that we're revealing the source, the nitzot is drawn out and it goes straight up. And we've been misakin this thing. It's a big schus for those fish that are, end up turning into gefilte fish on a juice table on Friday night. I'm sure subconsciously, all fish in the world, that's, that's their old tafgid. Their old tachlis is yearning that they should be eaten by a Jew in a way of holiness. Because that's what gives it its, its, uh, its ascension. That's what brings it to its rectification, to its tikkun. And you and I are part of that process in the most incredibly powerful way. The more conscious we are of it, we're going to learn even if a person is not conscious, we'll get there. But the more conscious, the more that tikkun is being expanded 
expanded and the deeper it is and the more expansive it is and we're drawing down Shefa through that eating. And therefore the eating is not just that we're physically strong, stronger after it, but we're refreshed spiritually. We've connected to our source. It's been an existential spiritual experience that gives us so much more than simply physical strength afterwards. But ultimately we're misak in this thing. We bring that holy spark that was trapped because somebody else could have come along and eaten this thing in a way of the opposite of holiness. And it would have remained trapped on the contrary, would have dragged it down further. But now we've released it. Now we've torn away that illusion of there being a physical world that's purely Gashmin, that's devoid of Hashem Chas V'Shalem. We've pulled that away by virtue of our hashkafa and by virtue of our das and our hasaga and our perspective. We've shown that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is everything. And that frees this piece of bread. It's free. It's free. And we bring that out of exile. But it's not just a spark in and of itself. It's a piece of God, so to speak. It's a spark of Hashem's presence. And we release that. Because what it means that the Shekhinahs and Gullahs now during the Beit HaMetzarim, during these three weeks we speak about what this means, the Shekhinahs and Gullahs, what that means is, is that potential godliness is latent throughout the world. And when rove of the world, the majority of the world is not engaging with physicality and with the human experience in a way that's God-focused or God-conscious, the Shekhinah, which is these holy sparks and everything, are in gullus in the sense that they're completely hidden and concealed behind our perception of there being a physical world that they're trapped in. But when a holy Yid comes along... And when a Jew engages in this world with some level, we're going to talk about what level, some level at least, a person makes a bracha, I'll call pun him, even though he didn't have kavana, but a person makes a bracha, and we stop a second before we eat, and on some level the neshama becomes expressed, and that bracha, of course, the more conscious, the better. But even just, let's just say the basics, a person says a bracha, all of a sudden, that tears away that, out, that aspect of there being a jail, because it reveals that there's no such thing, is that this thing is not bringing me further away from Hashem, Adarab. This is my base medrash, this, this restaurant. This is Mamasha base medrash. It's not bringing me further away from Hashem. I realize that HaKadosh Baruch was here. I eat in a way that's going to bring me closer to Him. Of course, we can't delude ourselves. There's Achila Gasa and, and so on and so forth. And a person can't just do whatever he wants and you know, be an Ishgashmi and say, oh, you know, I'm just finding Hashem everywhere. It doesn't work that way. It has to be the MS of Atamim. And that's what we want. We're not here to, f- to fool God and to fool ourselves. It's a waste of time. We don't have to go through the whole headache. We just, you know, do what we want. Right? We don't have to fool, our- we have to fool ourselves. We want to serve Hashem. And so the way of doing that is by going ahead and tearing, tearing away that illusory jail that frees that element of the Shekhinah and that brings us closer to Mashiach, ultimately. We know that that's what Gullus is all about. That's what wandering is all about is to go ahead and serve Hashem in each place with each of the species and each of the physical elements of the life circumstances of that particular place, whether it was Europe, whether it was Mitzrayim, whether it was uh, you know, Paris, all the places where we were, Spain and so on and so forth, throughout our exile, America. The whole purpose of our wanderings is to collect those holy sparks. We're spark seekers, we're on a mission. 
We're mamish on a mission. And it's not about our own spiritual perfection and, and trying to get from HaKadosh Baruch Hu things like he's a vending machine. And, and, and it's not about any of that. It's mamish. We're working for him. He needs us. He sent us on a mission to accomplish something that Kivyachal he couldn't do without us. That's the way he wanted it. Of course, on the deepest level, he could do anything. But in accordance with his Ratzon, God needs us. He mamish needs us. And he brings us into being every split second despite what we did five minutes ago and despite who we think we've become. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, it's Kleinekaitin, leave that aside. The mission is still very much in progress. Stand up strong, be, mese- be, be mechazik yourself and carry on searching for these sparks. Mikanu lahaba, from now, begin now. To live life differently. To live life with a deeper perspective that will give meaning and give an incredible amount of, of, of purpose and vitality and vibrancy, what we call in our Hebrew the princess, right? That gets lost, but will bring that princess of inspired living back into every element so that a Wednesday lunch becomes so much more than simply our little, uh, you know, fill up at the, ga- at the gas station, the human gas station. It's so much more than that. It's a spiritual experience. It's a meaningful experience, right? And every area of life can be this way. Every area of life, it just depends on how we look at it. It's a different eyes. Mamish different eyes. And this is what the Tzaddik says. Kizet kol This is our entire effort. To be able to lift up all of these holy sparks that are trapped in the, elus- in the illusion of negative forces but ultimately can be engaged with as such and remain trapped and never be elevated to a higher level. That they exist in this place of the brokenness of the world the disparity of the world, not finding the creator in everything, not finding the unity of everything. What's the unity of everything? It's the creator. We were all created by one creator. That's the unity. If you, if you trace everything back to the creator, unity. But without that, there's shvira. Without that, there's tremendous brokenness. To lift it up. This is our And all of the avoda that we're going to do. All the Torah that we're going to learn. That a person's going to speak words of holiness. Think of it. A person eats lunch on Wednesday. And then he goes and does an overtly spiritual act. right? Something that's more classically avodah Hashem. Even though that's very much Avodah Hashem, but there are more classical Avodahs. A person goes ahead, and a person davens, and a person learns, and a person goes and puts on tefillin, and a person does something more, you know, classically spiritual. Where did he get the strength to do that? Ah, he got the strength from the meal. Mimela, you know what happened to the meal? The meal got elevated to the highest level in the world. In that moment, you released all of the latent holiness in that thing. It became a part of you. And then with that koach, you served HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That means that that piece of bread is putting on tefillin now. That piece of bread is davening. Not the piece of bread, you understand, right? Not to wrap tefillin on a, on a, on a challah. Right? But, the, but the spirituality, the sparks of holiness, the words, the letters of Kedusha, God's speech, in that piece of bread is mamish serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu on the highest level. Shugam came devar as we said, when a person speaks words of holiness, utilizing the speech of a Kaddish Baruch that was invested within the food that the person ate, that means that your words become godly words. 
That means that your Diburim of Tefillah align with the words with which HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. You know where he began to create the world? From the Makam HaMikdash, from the Evan Shesiyah. That's where creation began, the Majestan Chuma tells us. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu started to create the world from that place. You know what that place is? Kibesi based Tefillah Yikar L'chol Amim. That means to say when you use creation that started in that place and you, and you daven with it, you built a little base HaMikdash. You aligned your Tefillah with creation. You, 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 you enabled every element of the physical world and our experience of being a human being in this world to become a prayerful, spiritual experience. That spark has elevated true. Like we said, it's everything that has fallen down. Al Kane says that Sadiq, therefore, listen to this an incredible, incredible idea that Sicha Saraner Benachim brings this down. Kedusha Slevi Parshas Lech Lecha, the Noam of the Melech. Many of the Tzaddik can bring this idea, but this is so important. Al Kain Sarachala Kal Oivet Hashem. Every single person needs Lirais Ala Pnimius Hadavar Haamur. Needs to look toward the interiority of everything. Sheikol Mayus of Lashem Shemayim. That everything should be. What does it mean, Lashem Shemayim? Find God in it. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is there. He wants you to connect with Him, not despite this thing, through this thing. Be normal. Be a regular person. Enjoy things that people enjoy. Person doesn't need to be a, a, a aesthetic, you know, and 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 uh, and, and and go up to to, to the top of a hill somewhere and stay away from marriage and stay away from you know anything in this world. Be a person, but be a person with God. Chill with friends with God. Relax with God. Enjoy good food with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That everything is with Hashem. Obviously, everything in moderation and so so on and so forth. And in a positive, productive way. But everything should be the Shem Shamayim. To elevate all of these all of these broken sparks of holiness that have fallen. The Gullus, El Akadusha, that are trapped and that are in exile. When a person makes a bracha, a person understands what the bracha is. Not just that halachically, I have to make a bracha, so I rattle it off as quickly as I possibly can and put the thing in my mouth. No. The only reason there's a halacha is because it's meant to bring us to foster this sense of consciousness. That's why the halacha is there. And instead, the halacha itself paradoxically becomes, tragically, a means so that we become all dogmatic about it and forget what the halacha was itself supposed to foster. It's mamish backward. Of course we need the halacha. And everything that's born in Shulchan Aruch is din and, 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 and zeo. It's the end of the story. But why are there dinim? What's the purpose of brachas? What's the purpose of halachas? What's the purpose of every area of our lives having guidelines and having what we may perceive as being restrictions? It's mamish the opposite. It's all signposts pointing us to HaKadosh Baruch There's not one thing that a Jew will ever conceive of doing that doesn't have some halachic implication, meaning to say that doesn't have some signpost pointing up and out, saying you can connect to Hashem through this thing, either by doing certain things that relate to this thing or by not doing certain things that relate to this thing. That's what halacha is supposed to be. When we learn the depth of halachas, when we learn the, depths of, the depth of brachas, when we teach it to our children in schools and at home, it becomes a completely different experience. It becomes something that we just, you know, we want to get it over with because it's an obligation. It's shtuyot. That's not, it's, it's so tragic. It's so tragic because the only reason you want to get, get, you know, get it over with is because you don't realize what it is or what it's for. 
And so it's just vessels, but without the princess, without the neshama. And so it's tragic, right? And so we have to reclaim this. This is what LPI is all about. This is what all of our, all of our lives and all of what we're learning and all of what we're davening about, it's all about this. This is the whole effort, is to try to bring this back in our lives and in the lives of our community, to bring back the consciousness, to understand, yeah, of course we need halacha. One doesn't negate the other. On the contrary, we can't have halacha without it. Everything is, everything is this. But ultimately, the halacha is there for a reason. And so when a person makes the bracha in such a way, using this strength, ka'amur, and he speaks words of holiness. All of the energy that goes into those words. And he binds himself to the divine words, so to speak, that are in that thing. Like we said, those letters are lifted up. That are the holy sparks in that thing. Everything is like this. Everything. There's not one area of life that this doesn't apply to. Be a business person. It's okay. Not just is it okay. Maybe this is the vision that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had for a Jew, that a person goes to work. By Hasidim, they went to work. There's no business like this of sitting for a thousand, thousand years in Kailo. Every single person, they went to work. They supported their families. They didn't cut corners. Not to say the people in Kolo necessarily do. And I'm sure that there are both, both, you know, both elements on both sides. But ultimately, they went to work. But the working was something else. You see Hasidim driving buses. You see Hasidim doing things in the world. But the way in which they drive a bus, Gevald, right? There's one person I'm thinking particularly who's probably going to hear this year. It's, it's Mama Shekevald, right? All of the elements of our lives. And to go ahead and to make a profit and to bring home, to bring home parnasa, to be able to have food on the table, to be able to have guests for Shabbos, to be, and so on and so forth. He says a deeper level here now is that not only is the pleasure that we get from these things sparks of holiness, they're your sparks of holiness. They're my sparks of holiness, specifically, individually, particularly, uniquely. That have specific shaykhs that are specifically connected to you alone. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent down and Hashem is running the show when things don't go our way, they're going His way. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is guiding us along and He's holding our hand and He brings us to where we're supposed to be. With all of our cheshbonus, what do you mean? I could have chosen a thousand different things. That's true. That's from your perspective. Ultimately, where you end up is where HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants you. That doesn't mean to say that there's no hishtadlus. If a person's situation is broken, you try to do the best you can, but that's all still biyad Hashem. Im Hashem lo yishma ir, you know, shav, uh, right? The, the shoymer is for nothing, right? It's, it's all HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But ultimately, when Hashem brings us to a certain place, brings Am Yisrael to a certain place, it's because there are nitsotsos there in that job, in that community, with this food that you bought and you went to the store and you really wanted this brand and they had another brand. Good. There are sparks for you that are in this brand that weren't in that other brand. Those are for somebody else's sparks. That was shaykh to somebody else. And you might not have had the same experience consciously with that brand and with this brand right now. Because these are your sparks. When we bring 
about this, and we spoke about this in other places. What it says, from Ben Zoyma in the Gemara is such a powerful statement. A person needs to remember all the time where you sit will be your place. You'll sit. Right? And what they give you will be yours. Right? Every person has their own chelik. Right? He says. A person does not touch that which belongs or is shyach to someone else. Doesn't touch it. Doesn't touch it. What your friends, it, what, what is your friend is your friends. It's not yours. Not shyach to you. Or Sadiq says an amazing thing. We have no time now. We have to get to the end. Like I said, this piece really takes about three, four hours to give over properly. I hope I'm not unloading too much and that there's some clarity in what I'm saying as I'm hinting to big things, just very bekitzer, bekitzer because I want to get through it. But there's so much here. I mean, mom is so much here. And I really encourage you to take the piece and review it, maybe print it out of a shop as you can learn it again by yourself with a chavrusa with somebody else. But Rav Sadiq says, you know, the Gemara says, Chain isha baila. The Gemara talks about different grace, different chen that is involved in a person's relationship with different elements of their lives, right? So chen isha abala, the husband sees a certain chen in his wife in a way that somebody else might not see chen in his wife. It's his wife. There's a certain grace there. It's a certain chen, a certain beauty, hopefully, right? But there should be a certain grace that a husband sees in his wife. Chen makim al yeshveh, a person lives in a certain place, they're proud of it. In a way that somebody else doesn't see. Like, what, what is he so proud of? He lives in this place. There's a chen makim al yeshveh. That's what Chazal tells us. That's what Tzaddik, the deepest thing. You know what Chazal is telling us? So much deeper than just on a simple level. He says, listen to this, and, and it's a classic Ishbitz. We're going to see this from Manshilach. It's a classic Ishbitz uh, switcheroo. You know, the Manshilach does this all the time. It's the, that Tzaddik or Tzaddik does this a lot. He says, it's not that she had chen in your eyes that you married her. It's not that you thought she was attractive or beautiful or smart or funny that you married her. It's because you were going to marry her that she had chen in your eyes. That's a classic of Tzaddik. It's not that you did your research and this looked like a good community to live in, you moved to that community. No, no, no. It was because you were supposed to move to that community that Kodesh Baruch Hu made that this should look like the most attractive option. It's a classic. It's a, it's a classic of Tzaddik and it's very, very deep. It, it goes philosophically into the, into the Nakuda of reverse causality. We can't get into the whole thing now, but it's a, it's a very, very deep Nakuda. This is a classic of Tzaddik, but al Kopanim, what a person has is mamish his. Or Tzaddik, for example, in another place says that Chazal tells us that at the end of time, it's a Pasuk. The Pasuk tells us that that the wolf is going to dwell with the lamb. What do we take that as meaning on a simple level? There's going to be peace. There's going to be peace among the nations and there's going to be peace among the animals. Says Rav Tzaddik, no. He says, right now, there's only a human living with a keves, a domesticated animal, because that's what we're able to elevate in terms of sparks. Undomesticated animals, humans don't own, and we have no shaykhs with them. He says, la'asid lavo, when we're going to reach such a level of consciousness, we're not only going to be able to, be, to rectify the food and the drink and our jobs and things like that, we're going to be able to rectify the wolves as well. Every person is going to have shaykh with him, the whole entire animal kingdom is going to be divided amongst Jews. Legabe, what we have a shaykhis with. When you go to the zoo, maybe even there's an akud of this now. I don't know, in, in earlier times, do they always have zoos? Maybe, I don't know. But certainly now, at the end of time, you go to a zoo and you have pleasure from a specific animal, meaning to say that you, it, it, it gives you, you know, you look at it and you say, whatever it is, and it, it gives you a, a spiritual ha'ara. Maybe there's a nitzot there that you have with this animal. 
that Hashem made that you should come to this zoo at this point. It's a different way of living, you understand. You find HaKadosh Baruch Hu everywhere. It's this element of hide and go seek, but Rebbe Shalom, I win. I just, I win all the time. Because every single area of life is an arena of connectivity with you. That means that this is your place. Your place. He says the sparks that are shy to one's personal shorish neshama. It is only you. It is only me. There are certain things in the world that will not get rectified if you and I don't do what we need to do. This is outside of punishment and how much reward we're going to get. It's, not, it's a different conversation. We have a mission. We are soldiers. Hashem needs us. We can find Him. We can become intimate with Him. There's no sweeter life. Forget about Olam Haba for a minute. Ashrecha ba'olam hazeh. V'tovloch ba'olam abab. The Olam Hazeh comes first. Ashrecha. It's the most meaningful, healthy, balanced, most wondrous life to be able to live in such a way consciously, consciously, halachically, consciously, through the halacha. To be able to live in such a way, to live with Hashem Mamash. And through this, we do our part. Watami says, we're going to have to go quick to try to finish this up before the end of the time, but we've done a lot already. And it's Kedai to maybe review if you get the recording and you want to go it over because we did some things very, very quickly. There's a lot here. Every person needs to travel. All of us live in different places. All of us go to different places. Sometimes we don't even know why. We ended up in some place and we took a wrong turn. I'm like, what am I doing here at a red light, like a half hour away from where I'm supposed to be? But a Jew who lives with this consciousness says, Gavalt, you know why? Because God brought me here. I didn't get lost and end up here. I was led here. And right now I have to say, capital tell him, or whatever comes to mind. I have to say, Rabbi Shalom, I, I see you in this place, in the trees around me, in the, in the, in the pavement, in the ground that I'm driving on. You're here. And, and you were misakin something that was there, and then you can go back to your place. Can you imagine living on this level? Can you imagine how much frustration we're going to avoid when we think that things aren't going our way? Hold on one second. What's your way? Ah, your way is Hashem's way. Things are going His way. Memelo, things are going your way. And whether things go good, whether you get that job, you don't get that job. You say, it wasn't meant to be. Not for me, for him. It wasn't meant to be for him. He has a bigger plan or a different plan, but it's for him. It's not for me. Every person goes to their own place because he says, Ki, Hashem knows. He knows what your soul is. He knows what the sparks are. They're there in that place, enclosed within that food. In some business deal you had to do in some crazy thing, in some crazy place with some people that you never thought you would meet or some, some other nationalities and so on and so forth. asiba. Right, so, right. Who makes it that it should seem natural that you'll end up in that place? So a person will end up there. And it doesn't seem like there was a purpose that we ended up there. We wanted to go take our money in a bank in some other place, and the bank was closed. So why did I come here? Why did you come here? It's a, it's a futile trip. You wasted a day. That a Jew's time should be wasted, whether, whether it seems to be that we wasted it or not, it's never wasted. Hashem is running your life. 
utilize this opportunity. It's an opportunity. It's a challenge, maybe from our standpoint, from God's standpoint. It's the biggest opportunity in the world. You sit down on a bench and you say a capital tale and you just elevated the whole experience. And you're going back home and they say, ah, no, was it a successful trip? You say, mamish, it was a successful trip. Ah, so you got what you went for? No, the store was closed. So what do you mean it was successful? Because the real reason why I went, I got what I came for. Understand? I got what he came for. I got what he sent me for. Puts a desire in our hearts. Sometimes we want to go to a certain place. Why do you want to go there? I don't know. I feel like I want to go there or eat a certain thing or fill in the blank. There's something there for you in a way of Kedusha. I'm not talking about Averis. In a way of Kedusha, Dafka. Averis is the opposite through staying away. That's how we elevate. In a way of Kedusha. That dafka, the thing that you thought was just totally secondary, meaning to say we think that we go to, uh, you know, to to, uh, to Hong Kong to do some deals over there and get products made cheaply. Agav, we're a human being, we have to eat in Hong Kong. What can you do, right? But we didn't go there to eat lunch in Hong Kong. We went there to do business and also we had to eat because we're humans and without eating, we're gonna feel very weak and we can't survive. But that's from our standpoint. From a Kaddish Baruch Hu's standpoint, the business is just what got you to go there. But that's not the reason why you're there. You're there to eat and drink. That's the ikra of your trip. It's a, it's a pellet. It's a completely different way of looking at it. That's why you went. That's an amazing thing. That's the Ikra Kavana. Like we've talked about in other places. Wherever you go, whether it looks like an overtly successful trip or very much the opposite, the A who find Hashem there. Know HaKadosh Baruch who through that experience, that Hashem is there, that His sparks are there, that His presence is there. That a person does not live, a person does not feel stronger because of the bread in and of itself. It's the words of Akadish Baruch Hu. It's the it's the osios. It's the Hebrew letters that are in that thing that gives a person strength. That is the chias and the livelihood. That's and the life force that's in that thing. And in that bread, and he says that lechem really means everything in physicality. Lechem is just the, the basic staple of, of, of human consumption, but ultimately everything is called lechem. The Pazgan Daniel made a big suda, and it's called that he made a big lechem. Okay, lechem is called that. So the last couple of minutes we have left, let's try to bring this one home. We're going to do it very, very quickly. And we, if we go five minutes over time, I hope you'll be Michael. If you have to go, that's completely fine, of course. Thank you so much for joining. But let's try to, let's try to finish this piece. And let's go back to the beginning. We started with a question, Hebra. What was the question we started with? We started with a question that why does the Koyhe need to be Mechaper for the Nazir? What's the Nazir doing wrong? Adarabah, the Nazir is a holy thing. 
But the Pasik tells us that he needs to have a kapara. Chazal tell us because he withheld himself from wine. Says the Maharinayim, based on this, a very deep understanding. Vim Kane, if this is so, Misha mates our nafshoi, your Mishamitsayar nafshoi, a person who paints himself consciously, and a person restrains himself, not to enjoy this world in a normal, moderate level, in a way of heter, in a way of kedusha, it's called a sin. There's actually a shita that holds a A person who fasts is called a sinner. It's a gemara tainus. Let these words become engraved and emblazoned onto our hearts. Eating and drinking and doing business and living life and changing diapers and being a husband and being a wife and being parents is avoidas Hashem utfila utfilin Very powerful. Because the Kaddish Baruch Hu created the world with the Torah. And there's Torah in everything. Everything has a Torah in it. What's Torah? Teaching. There are teachings in everything. There's meaning in everything. Hashem is speaking to us through everything. And a person needs to believe. And every believer needs to believe. Listen to these words. We could put it as a magnet on our fridge. There is nothing that falls outside the realm of Avodah Hashem. Things are going good, things are going not so good. We're, in a, we're in, a, in a good place, we're in a bad place. We're, it makes no difference. There is nothing, there's no part of human life, there's not one moment of our best moments or our worst moments where there's, where there's not the opportunity to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu uniquely and specifically through that experience in a way that we could not serve Him otherwise. Specifically through that. Everything has to be in a way of mutter, but the Torah allows us so much to be able to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a mutter way to eat and to drink. But the main thing is what? The main thing is the kavana. Not just for our own physical pleasure. Like we said, it's mamish avodas Hashem, like we said already. Mamish, it's the deepest, deepest form of serving God to be a human being. He didn't want angels. He had billions and trillions of angels. He wanted me and you, as we are. We are the ideal yidin. Ideal. We are the ideal. With all of our faults and all of our foibles and all of our challenges and our difficulties and our failures and our mistakes, that's who He wanted. You're connected to God. You know why? Because you're alive. Another teaching from the Ma'arinayim. He brings you to life every second. He wants you consciously. brings you into being. Because there's a vodas Hashem there for you and I to do in our place. Okay, we don't have time. We're not going to read the rest inside. Maybe just the last paragraph. But he goes into over here, what if a person does this not consciously? So I already made hint to this. Even if a person doesn't have the deepest consciousness, he says just on the most basic level, at the end of the day, you're getting life force from the lunch you ate, and you're going to daven, and you're going to learn, you're going to do a chesed for someone. Memeila, there's an aliyah. A person makes a bracha. Uh, he didn't have the deepest kavana, seder, but he made a bracha. There's an elevation. So there's some level, but the deeper we can be, mechavin, matoibu manoyim. That's the ikra avodas, to become more conscious, to become more aware, to become more, and so on and so forth. That's what he says over here. So let's finish it off at the very, very end. 
It's really Kedai to see this piece inside. It was too long to do in an hour. That's such a chaval, you know, that we're limited to an hour all the time because there are certain things in, in Hasidus that, that just can't, you can't put it into a blurb. You can't put, there are Taurus in the Ma'ari and I, there are Taurus in the Ma'ari and I specifically, but the Baal Tanya, they've gone for pages and pages and pages and it's the deepest, most delicious Hasaga, but you can't give it over because everyone is, is we only have an hour and you can't keep people longer for an hour. So it's a, it's, uh, we have to get to the level where we can mamish understand it ourselves. Halavai, we should all we should all get there and then and then and then to do it right. But Al Kapanam, let's finish this off with the pasuk that we started with. Vizeh, only another couple of minutes, I promise. Vizeh ishki yidar neder l'Hashem. When a person will make a neder, or Israel nafshe. What's this person doing? He's assering on himself. A person is withholding himself from something in the physical world, from some sort of pleasure or something. Ultimately, you know what you're doing? What does it mean? It's not that you're withholding yourself from doing something. There's a nefesh in that thing. So the nafshay shall dover. If a person makes a nether that a person is not going to eat something that a person likes eating, and he could have eaten in a way of Kedusha, and he could have elevated sparks that were Shaykh to him. That's Le'eser Israel Nafshay of that thing, that there's a Nefesh in there, there's sparks in there that were supposed to be released, but you tied them down. That's what Usr means, bound, Kashur, bound. It's Usr. Le'eser Israel Nafshay, Dainuan Nefesh Hamalubish Bedavrahu. It's a reference to the spirituality in that thing. Shashaykh Lechelik Nafshay, that are connected to this person's soul. Show you Yachal the Kashri, the Karva, the Malo, that a person could have elevated it and brought it close to Akadish Baruch of Ata Asrev. And now he bound it, he tied it down. Meblishi Kuriv Lakach. Meblishi Kuriv without it coming close. Lakach Amrataira, Lo Yachal Devare. Lo Yachal Devare. The Torah warns a person do not make Nidarim. Do not asser yourself. Do not live a life of removal from this worldliness. And as much as there's something holy in being a parish, that's part of this piece. We didn't get into it. He talks about that as well. We can't do everything now. But just on a basic level, a person should stay away from this kind of lifestyle. It doesn't mean actual nadarim, but it means this sort of consciousness that my being a spouse is withholding me from Avodah Hashem. That my being a human being and having the human elements and needs is making it very difficult for me to serve God. That's also this. It's referring to Hashem's diburim that are in everything. Find the, the godliness in everything. Don't allow it to remain in the physical world. Whatever comes out of the mouth, on a simple level, it means the person's own mouth. But the mouth of a Kaddish Baruch Hu Baruch Hu put it into that food and put it into that drink so you'll find it at that time. You should rectify. This is the way in which Chassidus wants us to be our lives. This is one of the foundational, foundational teachings of Chassidus. What did the Tzadikim want? What was this giloy, and with this we'll finish, what was this giloy that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought into the world? Is that, like we read from the Maranayim, and these words are so, so deep. A person needs to understand, There is nothing that's outside the realm of Avodah Hashem, to find Him everywhere, to begin to look at life in such a way that if we ended up in such a place, and why did I have to go here, and why did I have to go there? 
It's mamish the deepest tikkun, both for our own nefesh, for the nefesh of those things around us. We have to be much more conscious. Eating could be a very spiritual experience, very, very spiritual, if we do everything with more consciousness. This is what halacha is for. This is what the Torah is for. And to make it as if Yiddishkeit is some checklist or some dogmatic, robotic, mechanical avoda, you know, where it's just like we have to make sure we're doing all the right things and then forgetting like why there is this whole list of things to do because it's supposed to bring us to a kind of consciousness. It's supposed to, to foster a certain level of, of awareness and of depth, then it's mamish missing the boat. It's still precious. It's still holy. But, but we can do better. And you and I are doing better. And we're going to do better. And we're on this journey together. So thank you so much for being a part of it. Some of you are new to LPI. Thank you so much for joining us. We're just beginning. But this is Mamish It. This is the final Gilui before the coming of Mashiach. We're rectifying everything. And we need all of Am Yisrael on board, Be'ezer Hashem, to be more conscious in their derech, in their minhug. Well, you know, whatever, whatever kind of yid they are, let them stay like that, but more conscious. We have the 613, but we have to imbue it with our own personal kavana. And Hashem should help us to do so and to free the Shechina and to, 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 and to, uh, to bring back the Beis HaMikdash both physically, spiritually to be able to live a life of and then ultimately it's just the beginning where Mama's just getting started so thank you so so much for joining I hope you enjoyed and really if you can take this piece and, and, and review it review it I know we went through it quickly but try if you can to take this uh, piece over Shabbos you can print it out I'm going to send to the chat all of the different um all of the different sources, I mean the source that we learned, and over Shabbos to try to print it and to go through it. There's more there that we didn't get to. What can you do? Okay? Wishing you the most wonderful, beautiful Shabbos, and thank you so, so much for joining. Kultuv, thank you so much, Chever. We don't have time for questions. I apologize. We're already way over time. Okay? But I, I wish you the most wonderful Shabbos. Thank you so, so much for joining. Kultuv, Chever. Ah, Ashreinu. Mamish Ashreinu. Thank you so much for joining. Have a wonderful, beautiful Shabbos.